Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good friends, Heck to Fly, Eric Trembicki. Greetings. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. We have our Survivor Series review show on deck. Uh, before we get into that, just real quick, subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews, and all right, so Survivor Series, do you guys want to give ratings first, or do you want to uh, talk a little bit about general thoughts? Well, I did find Fink. It was, it was a lot of hard work. I did track him down from his busy schedule, Okay, and who knows where he is, but I did catch him, so here he is telling you our rating system. Has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jumper. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a show stopper. Thank you, Howard. <laughs> Howard. <laughs> First name basis. <laughs> First name basis, Howard. Um. All right, thank you, Fink, for that. Always, always a favorite when we get you to make a brief appearance on the show. Uh, who wants to go first on a rating system? I'll go first. Uh, on a rating, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll give it a slobber knocker. I, I enjoyed the show overall. Um, yeah, you know, there's always going to be some type of nitpicks. Um, I don't think the matches were terrible. They had some matches that were actually very good. Uh, I think most of all, just some results annoyed me and the way some things played out. But I thought it was a good show. All right. Halo? Yeah, I'll, I'll say the same. I'll give it a slobber knocker. Before the, show came, before the show started, there was a report that came out that said that most of the matches wouldn't be in canon with anything going on, which uh, I, I don't mind, which does make sense because because if that, if that was the case, it would be interference in almost every every match going on. But they did carry over some storyline throughout the night. One thing, for example, one thing that I love is that they like embraced the hate for Nia Jax. By having <laughs> they, her. they really did. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that they embraced that and let her be the sole survivor and even have her eliminated and forced and Sasha to get eliminated. I love that of it. Nakamura Rollins, uh, uh, I'm just over over. I, I've lost all hope for Nakamura at this point, and the whole the whole main show sweep thing. I was just like, eh, I don't really know how I felt about it. I was, I was like, really this? I thought Daniel Bryan versus Brock really delivered, and Charlotte versus Ronda was the match of the night, like, like I predicted it would be. But the show was fine, but I don't think it really picked up until. The cruiserweight match, which I thought was really fantastic as well. So, I'll get, so that's my thoughts on Survivor Series from this past Sunday. But I, I did enjoy the latter portion of the show. Okay, so before I get into mine, Mister Sexy was very disappointed 
to not be here tonight. He didn't realize, I guess, today was his travel day to be with uh, his in-laws on Thanksgiving. So he actually wrote in. Um, basically, he gave it a slobber knocker. Uh, he gave it exactly 2.5 out of 5, so exactly middle of the <laughs> road. Uh, it was an okay show with some solid matchups that would have benefited from more of a build, meaning eliminate the showcase house shows and more cause for them fighting for their particular brand. Another issue I had was the overall supremacy of the Raw brand. I get it that this show is their crown jewel, pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) but both shows are key for the WWE brand, and it would only make sense to book both shows on the same level. That's just my thoughts, though. Um, So... I will chime in with stuff from Mr. Sexy uh, throughout the show. But for me, this is probably unfair, but as long as Brock Lesnar is on a show <laughs> as a champion, it is it, it can't be it can't be a showstopper. There's no chance. It has no chance to be a slobber knocker either. So I'm going to give it a jobber, even though there was some stuff I enjoyed. That is just like an element of the brand that I'm unwilling to tolerate anymore. Um, but like I said, there, there was stuff I liked. Uh, there was, so I didn't even watch the cruiserweight match cause I just have no idea what's going on. Uh, so I figured you guys would be, be better to talk about that than me. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't tolerate him as, as the champion anymore. And honestly, I don't even want to see him. I don't even want to see him get knocked out in UFC anymore. I just don't want to see him ever again. Go back to living in Canada and just be out of my life completely, please. Um, So I'm just going to start this off with the men's elimination match um, because there are just a couple things about it and a couple things that came out of it I wanted to talk about. First of all, and Eck, you may not like this, but I was actually going to be sarcastic, but... And say, I'm so happy that they're really uh, building up Shane to be a strong face of the company. <laughs> like, come on. The whole best in the world thing, why are, why are we doing this? Like, he's Shane McMahon. He's 48 years old. Why are you putting him in a position to have that type of <laughs> title or that type of significance on the show? Like, I, And I like Shane. I think it's cool when he comes out and gives us a great performance, you know, every once in a while. But don't bring him out there like he's legitimately one of these guys because he's not. And it bothers me. Uh, What do you guys think about that? Do you think it's too much? It doesn't bother me at all. Alo? Well, like what? Like, out, like a lot of our complaints are It's not 1998 <laughs> Or 2000 And I don't, They hold everybody else back from the show Now see I don't have a problem with Shane being like a, like, the, like a character To put somebody over Or for it to lead to something big But the thing is it never leads to anything big with these older guys like, like the whole CM Punk thing Okay after this What happens the next day Nothing happens. Nobody ever benefits from it. I did love what the Miz Miz did with Shane on SmackDown. By the way, I enjoyed that. I thought that was really fun. But these things—they never lead to anything at all, and it just holds the whole show back. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and like I don't want to take anything away from the performance he had on Sunday because 
he was entertaining mm-hmm. you know and i love the aspect of miz making him keep doing stuff <laughs> over and over again um but yeah I, I just think it's silly to be putting him in that position and like keep making that a big thing uh i did love the speech the miz well i loved miz in the locker room saying he's been working on a speech that's not only going to just lead us to victory, but it, it'll it'll change the world. <laughs> <laughs> but then he makes Shane give the speech anyway. Um, I loved our truth getting a cameo when Miz said he was going to give out free signed copies of the Marine Six. Truth says I would love to get a, a Becky Lynch signed copy. I, I loved that too. Um, but now coming out of it, we have Braun Strowman getting injured. Uh, did, did this match like do anything for you? Either one of you? Like, did, did you especially get any enjoyment out of this? I mean, I don't know. I guess in a way, the way I look at it, I was entertained. And one of the most entertaining things I think of is a Shane spot. I loved him going for the coast to coast and getting crushed by that clothesline. Um, was that how he got the concussion last year or the year before? By sp- uh, um, Spear, you're right. When was Roman in it? It was probably last year. I think Roman speared him. Could have been two years ago. It was two years ago. Okay. Yeah, because I cringed as soon as I like. I think I had like a flashback to what had happened before. <laughs> um, what is crazy, and this probably so. If anything, this would make you dislike the Shane thing even more. <laughs> if I'm correct, I think it was it was two years ago. I think it was that year. I think he was the first one eliminated, and then these past two years, he was the last man. Yeah, for SmackDown. Yeah, they're like legitimately trying to make him out to be. Are they having him like take the mantle for Roman Reigns? Like, <laughs> look what is going on. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the way I look at it, since SmackDown doesn't win the match, it doesn't really matter. Like, there's very few times you think of who was that last person on the losing team. Like, the sole survivor matters on the winning team. It doesn't really matter on the loser team ever. No, I mean, that's true. It's not like he was the guy standing tall at the end of it. Yeah. Just the last guy out. Jer- Jericho said one of his thoughts on it, and it's not, it's not a knock towards either one. Like, if Shane's in charge of his team and he's competing, my, my annoyance with it is if Baron Corbin's, you know, part-time general manager, I just wish he was in the ring, you know. But it's, it's something that actually should almost – make you sympathize with SmackDown more. Like, you know, they got the guy that's out there running it, not being a coward. But I, I, I just, similar to what uh, Joey said in his statements, I was just very sour on the whole just watered down of raw results. I mean, SmackDown getting blown out, it, it was it was an insult. It was a joke. It really shows you how serious they take their other show. Oh, yeah. Alo, your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I'm sorry. The Lakers are getting destroyed by Cleveland right now. <laughs> really? Yeah, Jordan Clarkson just hit back-to-back threes, let it down by nine. But, um, yeah, like, I think the whole Crown Jewel bill took away from the Survivor Series bill because of the fact that, because of the fact, like, two years ago when they first did this whole brand versus brand thing for Survivor Series, we were intrigued because there were storylines within the team and on top of that, they were actually like putting their differences aside to fight for the brand. But a lot of the feuds culminated in that match on the same team. But one thing about this time was the fact that 
the storylines weren't really good at all. There was nothing going on with Team SmackDown that was intriguing. The only thing that was benefiting anybody on Team Raw was Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman, at this point, he's not really holding my, my attention. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys feel the same way at this point. And nothing even came out of nothing really even came out of this. Even the whole storytelling, nothing really felt like it meant anything. Because even the next night on Raw, Braun got what he wanted, but he's hurt, and we're not sure if he's going to be ready for TLC. Right. Has, I believe he had elbow surgery. But the, the match didn't really it didn't mean anything at all. And I say I'll go back to that um, to that 2016 Survivor Series match, which was a match of the year contender that year. I remember the um, the end of it where Randy Orton sacrificed himself for Bray Wyatt, and that was carrying on that storyline. And stuff like that, stuff like that, stuff like that was just. That one was fun. That was a fun match. Yes, like stuff like that made that match important, but nothing that was going on with Team SmackDown to make it feel important. And whatever was going on with Team Raw wasn't good anyway. So there's nothing. To, there's <laughs> yeah, nothing I, to even be impressed spot, about or like on. look look forward to seeing in that match. So like after it was a train wreck. Yeah, you know we saw we see the same stuff. We saw, we saw Shane get hit with the clothes off doing the coast to coast. We saw him do the elbow drop. You know that's what, that's a custom when we we get a shaming man match, but nothing really happened. It was just a car wreck, and it doesn't mean anything. And even on Tuesday before SmackDown started, Shane made a tweet about things are going to change or something like that after being dominated by Raw, but nothing changed. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course they did. He, he, he's just okay with it. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Sexy's thought, I get the nostalgia of having some of the old school wrestlers come back, and it's fun to me, but at times I feel they're playing a too prominent role in stories and matches. Looking at these two teams, I had to laugh if anyone thought SmackDown could or would win here. The best part of this for me was how they continued to build tension between Raw wrestlers, even though they were on the same team. This just makes sense, but unfortunately, like we said, the main part of that Braun Strowman is now hurt. Uh, yeah, maybe the best thing to come out of this was the seemingly budding relationship between the Miz and Shane. <laughs> the Miz trying to get him to be his tag partner, and then he loses to those locals from Los Angeles. Um, the, the Corey Graves, Corey Graves is his best part. He's like, oh, my God, they're like identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> One guy's white, the guy's black. Yeah, I thought Miz was excellent in this promo, and I maybe I am going overboard. Uh, I feel like the Miz could... Make his way If not onto Close to The Mount Rushmore Of talkers Oh yeah Like He'll be close I think that And the reason being Is I think he's equally good At being like Comedic And a joke But also He's really good When he is Like serious And angry he can do the scripted stuff well. He can do his own thing well. And I just don't think there's anyone like in this generation. I won't include Jericho and in his generation because I don't really consider them in the same generation, even though they've overlapped. Is there anyone else in his generation like that equals him on the microphone? Uh, maybe Kevin Owens, but. That's about it because I can like if you talk about the, this generation, I consider the Miz 
top three for this generation. Because even if you go back to his older stuff, it's real, it's real underrated because no one really paid attention to him. Right. But it was really good. But I'll say the Miz is definitely top three for this, let's say, last eight years. Yeah, I, and especially for me, the last two and a half years we've been doing this podcast, I think every one of us appreciates him more now than we did when this podcast started. And yeah. even though X still doesn't like him, I know X has gained at least some level of appreciation for him in the time we've been doing this show. Am I wrong about that, Eck? He's definitely good at his job. I just don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about the best way I think you could say that. Um, Alo, your match of the night, you said Charlotte and Ronda. Um, did this exceed your expectations, or was this pretty much just what you thought, you what you expected to get? Well, I expected more of a, a wrestling match. But we kind of got a variation of like a fight and wrestling match, and there's a ton, ton of physicality in the match. And it, it was funny because uh, Eric was talking about Becky, Becky versus Ronda at Mania or something like that. And but we were watching from behind, and I was like, eh, I don't know about that <laughs> because I got the alert about what the, what, what uh, the finish was, and. I didn't see it before. I heard. I just heard what happened. I didn't see it, and when I saw it, I was like, "Huh, oh, this is real. This is really intriguing." And it's, it's brought out an edge to Charlotte. I don't think we really got any answers on SmackDown about it, but I, I thought what Charlotte did to Ronda was 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 great, and that leaves that leaves the door open to that WrestleMania match. Now the dirt sheets are reporting that it may happen at the Rumble, or. And somebody's even pitched the idea of a triple threat with Becky and Ronda and Charlotte at WrestleMania. But I'll be I'll be interested in, in that too. But like I said, we need more time with this new version of Charlotte because she said she did it for Becky. She did it, she did she did it for the division. But it, it, I, I didn't get enough of why because she just completely completely turned to a whole different person on SmackDown. My feeling when, when, when we get uh, Becky and Ronda at Mania, <laughs> let's not forget who said it last week. Who said it? You. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my feeling on it is I have a couple feelings. One, you guys know I was already kind of taken out of this because I was just disinterested in Charlotte, and it's just such a drop off for me from the excitement I had for Becky in this match. Um, I did think the match was good I thought it was really hard hitting Um, But I'm like a little bit concerned That Well before I get into that I think people overlook That Charlotte is like kind of sloppy And careless in the ring Like she does a lot of stuff and I'm like geez Like settle down or like watch What you're doing Like I'll always go back to her dropping Sasha on her head At SummerSlam I feel like I'll never forget that with you. <laughs> I feel like she does that kind of stuff way too often. Like she's an unbelievable athlete and they have not had a woman in WWE that matches her athletically, but I do feel she's a little overrated as a worker. Um, now the concern I have, and I, I'm not sure if either of you would share this, I'm worried, like, is this going to make Becky lose steam? Did they basically just kind of, like, push Charlotte into Becky's role? And is this just them? Are they, like, now resentful? Like, oh, we didn't think Becky was going to get so popular. So now we have to, like, do the same thing with Charlotte because we can't we can't have Becky outshine Charlotte. 
No, I, I don't think that's what's happening. I, I think if anything, um, I think pretty much kind of like I predicted, I think they're going to want to do the Charlotte stuff now. Um, Becky's still getting enchanted out there, whether it was Survivor Series. She was getting her name touted on Raw. She was out there on SmackDown. She's one of the most over people on the whole show. So I, I think there's no way they take that away from her. But just well, because she's over doesn't mean that they don't want Charlotte to be more over. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they, they want her to be more over, but it's not going to happen. What's not going to happen? Charlotte's not going to get over the way Becky's over. No, she, she's not. But to go for what Ron said, I see Ron's point. He has, he has a valid point. I kind of felt, felt a similar way because we don't, we don't know the extent of what Becky's – Injuries are. We don't know how long she's going to be out, or if they want to throw in the famous thirty-day title defense rule. Yeah, or how long they she's want- going to be in doctor jail <laughs> if she keeps calling. <laughs> yeah, so we're not sure how that how long that's going to happen. But I think the best thing for to keep Becky staying, and I kind of I think they did a they did like they kind of like spread the seeds on SmackDown. I think they should strip Becky of the title. And just, I had Charlotte win the Rumble. I think they should flip flop. And so basically, were, it, it like makes Becky like have to do it all over again. Basically, yeah, like, but, but the, the but whole the her crowd, whole point is like proven when she gets yeah. stripped of the title. And now I have to go do it all again. I have to get yeah, it all she, back. And, yeah, and she wins the Rumble and challenges Ronda. I, I think that I think like I, I think that's like in their back pocket, just in case Becky isn't clear for for a while. But I do think that's a possibility because they kind of like set that, set that, set the late the seeds for that because of what Charlotte did for Survivor Series and on SmackDown. Yeah, and if, if it happens, I mean that'll be the hottest way. That'll be hotter than the feeling they were getting for Survivor Series with Charlotte and Ronda, and the way Charlotte was being booked, the way she was being treated by fans, it wasn't going to be a hot reaction for them come Mania. So, I mean, they really would have something good with, for Mania with this. Yeah, because yeah, I, I do think it's a good idea. Yeah, because that, that's the best way to keep people behind Becky and want to see her because they want to see her succeed and her winning the Rumble. That'll get, that'll get the huge reactions that they want. And it's one of those few times where you actually are going to get someone winning the Rumble that the crowd actually wants. Right. Or at least in recent memory. Y'all don't want Nakamura to win? <laughs> I was cool with it before that match started, and by the end of it, I did not want him to win anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read uh, Mr. Sexy's thoughts on Charlotte and Ronda. Uh, Becky being knocked out of this match took a lot of steam out of it for me, uh, but I really enjoyed it. The fact that Ronda held her own with the likes of Charlotte was very impressive to me, and Ronda has continued to impress me with her in-ring abilities as she grows. This match had great action, uh, was quickly moving to be a classic, but then we got the swerve. Charlotte turned and gave Ronda a beating she has never received before. To me, this seemed like a baptism by a seasoned vet, leaving her bloody beaten and covered in welts. The concerning part of this and the part that disappoints me is the fans seem to have turned on Ronda as they cheered for Becky over her, then Charlotte over her, and then in a moment when you were supposed to feel sorrow for the baby face, they actually cheered her beating. This is the concern this is concerning and I feel like this is the new fan trend and needs to end quickly. I would equate this to people who talk during a film. I get it. <laughs> like we push back against Vince. And those he deems to be the next phase, but at what cost? 
I feel Ronda has exceeded my expectations and this point to this point and doesn't deserve this type of reaction. So do you have a concern about that as well? No, I just have something I wanted to add before I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk, I, when I gave my review, I talked about how I love the fact that they embraced Nia Jax as heel heat and they're kind of playing off her power of the punch. Now, something I'm not sure they would do, but I would love if we get a, we, they, they go all in and embrace a Nia versus Becky feud, or we even see Becky cost Nia the title at TLC, something along those lines. Because I, I, I think that would be good. Huge. Becky eliminates Nia at the Rumble. No, that, that's not even the case. I just think that she needs to cause Nia the title. That, like this, that's just too good to happen. But so, I, like, if you think about it, how often? And I don't know if this has been. Something she has said I don't know where the whole Stone Cold comparison came from Whether that was something just we talked about Or whether that was like a social media thing But like what would be more Making her into the mold of Stone Cold Steve Austin Than if she started doing stuff like that Like going to the other show And getting involved in their title picture Well, well it, would be, it would be at the pay-per-view so the, everybody's in the same building So I think that will be something for them to actually They should capitalize on that Because they can actually get a good few going out of that And I think it's like Really interesting character And story stuff if you have her Holding on to it and like I said This show has nothing to do with her But like she's going and like ruining their show All the time it calls back Very much to how Stone Cold Would ruin anything Vince tried to do like yeah. I, the first thing that comes to mind is Mike Tyson and Vince going, "You ruined it, you ruined it." <laughs> so like, I would love to see that that be the case. Um, Seth and Nakamura, uh, I did think the the match was good, but for me, that's mostly because of Seth Rollins. I think it's like anytime he gets out there, it's like a showcase. I'm happy he won. Uh, so you guys obviously give me your thoughts on the match, but also. Would you guys have preferred Dean to cause Seth to lose, or do you think we didn't actually need that? Uh, I was just kind of surprised it didn't happen. I don't because, like you said earlier, if they were going to be carrying storylines over, you'd been having an interference in like every match. But I almost <laughs> feel like you got it in no match. Maybe it happened in one. Not nothing that really comes to mind. I feel like that was the one match that. Deserved it And we didn't get it Yeah I agree with Eric But I'm kind of glad It didn't happen But I'm just Completely disinterested By anything Shinsuke Nakamura (laughs) Does right now Is he To to you What Brock Lesnar is to me (laughs) Or maybe not quite that bad Yeah Not that bad But like Even (laughs) like We talk about titles And props And I'll get to that A little later With some thoughts but he's just walking around with that title doing nothing. I know titles don't mean anything. Has he defended now. it ever? It's been a couple few it's been at least a month. Thirty day rule, get it? But it's been <laughs> a, I'm so disinterested. The WWE style isn't for him. Not take not not saying he's not a great wrestler, because he really is, but WWE just isn't for him. And like we always say, your success is predicated on writing, and they've been terrible for him. It, I just can't get anything get behind anything he does in WWE. Same. To, to to piggyback off that, you know, it's weird. Like, it's beyond proven that WWE is not from him or not for him. 
And I stated last week when we previewed Survivor Series that I prayed we get a match similar to the caliber of this match with Sami Zayn. He's almost one of those people, like, you know, we complain about Brock all the time for not being there, but specifically because he's a champion. But, like, if Nakamura didn't have a title, I would almost be, like, okay with it if, like, he was signed to WWE and, like, he showed up for, like, the big four and had a really good singles match. But, like, if you're going to put him out there and do what we they've done with him all this year, like, it, it's such a waste. Yeah. It's just so bad. Agreed. I, I have no time for it. It's another thing that I'm just like, nah, it's not... It's not getting me to invest my time in. Yeah, and then when I saw him versus Seth being at, being shown, I was like, okay, this might be like something to get me more excited for Nakamura, and maybe they'll actually let him out, go out there and go. But that wasn't even the case. Like we were, uh, Raul was watching what I said. He was hating on Nakamura the entire match, <laughs> how much he hated him. And really. Yeah, and I, I, like he does, he's not. I don't think he's a big wrestling fan or whatever. He might be a casual. He might cap. Might, might be casual, but but even he knows. <laughs> yeah, everything everything he was saying, like I didn't really disagree with. Right. Um. So this was Joey's match of the night, actually. Um. Said it wasn't a five star classic, but Seth just continues to elevate his game and put on solid match after solid match. Uh, Nakamura was better, but nowhere near expectations, pretty much summing up his entire run on the main roster. What made the match for me was the last five to eight minutes in which the action and finishers were coming at a fast and furious pace. There were a couple times when I really wasn't sure who would come away with the win. So do you guys at least give it credit for that, like keeping you guessing through the, the last stretch of the match? Yeah, I'd give it that. Uh, I don't think I had faith that Nakamura was going to win it without Ambrose showing up. And as long as Ambrose didn't come out, you knew who was going to win. Exactly. And the right guy won, which I'm not, so I'm not going to complain. If, if like, this may be a bad example, but if you guys can remember in the heart of the summer with the Ambrose and, um, Ziggler feud for the IC title They had this one match on Raw that was Really good and it ended in Like a disqualification fashion I was hoping this could Be something similar to that like we Get a five star classic Match of the night But we get a screw job finish But that we didn't get that The only way I would it would have made Sense with Nakamura winning would Have been something like that give us a really Good match Seth's about to pull it Off and then Ambrose screws him so to me, I think expecting that too much, and like the match wasn't that amazing. I I think it was just you know there was, there was something missing, and that's what it was. Something bad happening in La La Land, clear, clearly. Oh no, Judge Javel McGee was guarding Steady Osmond. He blocked the shot off the backboard. Okay, that was a positive reaction. <laughs> yeah, Lakers up by two with thirty three seconds left when he have the ball. Oh, they're going. <laughs> um, Cleveland has nobody to bring it home with thirty yeah. seconds left. Um, yeah, so we get Dean and Seth at TLC. Uh, Dean has been excellent the last few weeks. I thought he was great again on Monday. Um, and my favorite line was him talking about Roman has to answer to the man upstairs, which was like, whoa, like I wasn't yeah. expecting that. And then and he kind of apologized for it. <laughs> yeah, but then he said to Seth like and unfortunately for you you have to answer to me which I'm like I'm actually this is one thing I'm actually excited for 
I like the action we got in the ring afterwards. I love what Dean is doing uh, on the mic. And are you guys as excited about this and this Dean character as I am? You know I am. This is the <laughs> only thing that excites me on Raw. And can I just say one thing? I know you are the uh, the top Dean guy on here, but like watching him cutting the promo in the ring on Monday, I'm just sitting there like this guy is so talented. Like he's just so good at this, and it's unfortunate that he hasn't gotten the chance to do it. Tell, tell me anything else from Raw half as good. As nothing. <laughs> you, you see all this untapped potential when you do when you do the right thing. You just let the heels be heels. Yeah, it it works when when you do it the right way. Yeah. Now, my th- like I thought Dean was excellent. Um, I didn't care for his in ring promo when he. What he wanted to say wasn't PG, but he had to make it PG when he called them garbage. Yeah. We all know what he really wanted to mm-hmm. say because I could see it in his face. But, but like to me, that <laughs> that got made up for by the fact that he kept putting the handkerchief over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I've, I've, I've really been enjoying everything Dean's been doing. But my one gripe about this whole thing is, first of all, it should be for the universal title. I'll put that out there. Mm-hmm. But this is this feud is not about the IC title. Right. I'll be, and I, I'll be happy if they just took the belt off Seth and these two just feud for nothing. Because not one time during this whole feud has Ambrose ever mentioned the IC title or Seth's talked about the IC title. It's not about the IC title. It, at this point, that belt's just a prop, and that's my only problem with this whole story. Yeah, and I said last week, like, I love the idea of Dean getting involved and then that setting up, like, a really prestigious Intercontinental Championship feud. But like you said, that's not what it's even about. So we're not actually even really getting that. Um, what, what was kind of unfortunate as this is that this is taking place while Seth already has the title, it would have made more sense if it could have been something like they have their first match and then, you know, a week or two later, Seth wins the IC title and then Dean wants redemption again. And now they're, they're ch- the title's involved. But it's like, you know, they, they, we got this match and it's a championship match. But like everything Aaron said, they're not even acknowledging it. My one kind of fear is Seth has said in um, interviews recently how, like, we don't need part-timers and people from the past to come back from Mania anymore. And with the speculation about uh, The Rock coming back for next year, he was saying how he's like, we don't need The Rock for New York. Like, he's like, I would love to have a match against The Rock, but we don't need that. Like, that, the last match can be me and Dean. And this was months ago. This was before, like, the feud and anything. So, obviously, at Mania, the Intercontinental Championship isn't going to be in the last match. So, how do we get, like Aaron said, I mean, it's, it almost would be better if that title could go off them, but it's almost like the Intercontinental title has to get away from them, and somehow the Universal title has to get on one of them. <laughs> and I don't think it will. So there's a lot of moving parts. Yes. Um, so, women's elimination match, I don't have a whole lot to add about this other than I did like that they really leaned into the hatred for Naya. The fans, for the most part, just really didn't care about this match. I did appreciate Sasha and Bailey wearing the the gear that they could have worn at Fastlane with the uh, checkered flags on it. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of the problem with these type of matches is there's just nothing really for the 
live crowd to really get invested in because it doesn't really matter. Um, anyone with any extra thoughts to add about this match, or are we kind of good moving on? I'm good to move on. <laughs> All right. Tag team match, AOP versus The Bar. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about this other than I was wrong. It was not the match of the night. Uh, I was incredibly disappointed by it. Uh, and then for the match to just end because Drake pissed his pants. So good. <laughs> I liked it on Raw. What did they do on Raw? I didn't see it. There was a scene in catering uh, where a bunch of tag teams were uh, busting on Drake Maverick and making urine and piss-torn jokes and references. Uh, actually, there was a comical part. It, it basically, you know, he's going back and forth with Heath Slater and Rhino. Uh, I don't think the Revival were back there, but he, he ends on Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. And after that segment, I was like... I think they're a weird pair, but I might give these two a chance. <laughs> yeah, I just I expected so much more out of this match than what we got, and like I said, I was just disappointed. Ayla, the crowd was into it. Were they? Like I didn't even I didn't even notice to be honest. Second row, they had one fan standing on his <laughs> causing a scene. Yeah, he took his wig off and everything. You know how I feel about wigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. Um, Halo thoughts on this match? Like I said a few weeks ago, it could be really good or just nothing, and it wasn't really anything. Like I did pop huge for the for Drake Maverick pissing himself because it made sense. And Eric talked about how he wanted a confrontation between Drake Maverick and the Big Show. And we actually got it. And it actually ended up being the culmination of the match. Yeah. Um, I'll read Joey's thoughts on this one. Uh, All I can say here is this was odd. (laughs) (laughs) I really look forward for AOP to take a step in the right direction with some more technical wrestling versus a team I feel can match them in power, but it ultimately ended being another push for AOP as they climb into a Brock Lesnar type role in this tag division. The attempted peeing spot was laughable as I have wet myself more than that by accident on any given weekend. <laughs> Same story. This uncomfortably reminds me about that one time we talked about urine before uh, we recorded. Uh, Where's yeah. Mr. McGee at? <laughs> uh, hey man, it gets tired in that hearse truck. You can't just, can't just pull over all the time in that hearse truck. Yeah, Mr. Sexy is. I know Mr. Sexy isn't alone in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, same story, another raw win where I feel it would have been better for a SmackDown victory. Um, I have nothing else to say about the tag teams. I'm ready to go right into the main event: Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Alo, I'm pretty sure you really liked this. Eck, I don't know what you felt about it. Uh, does nothing for me. Okay. <laughs> Did anything happen that you didn't expect? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> so you, 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 it seems like you feel relatively similar to me. Alo, what, what did you like about this? Well, I like the fact that Brian actually got plenty of offense, and they actually gave they actually gave off the impression that he, he can actually pull it out. Because even 
like they even threw their shades of SmackDown, hitting Brock with the low blood and the running knee. But that, that was a quick two count, and Brian actually, I believe he hit it two more times after that, or once. And it was near falls, and they had Brian actually take the fight to Brock, take the fight to Brock, and that's more than what I expected. I, I actually apologize. I had a brain fart. Um, I, I did enjoy it overall, but and I, my favorite part would be Brock. Uh, I'm sorry, Brian doing Brock's dance. Yes. <laughs> yes, and like that is my favorite takeaway of the whole match. <laughs> yeah, because like, me and Prep were like. In the beginning of it, me and Prep were into it, but when Brian got his offense, started getting offense, and we got way more into it, and me and him both agreed that that was a pretty good match, and probably the only time we well, only time we'll ever see Brian and Brock actually go one on one. Yeah, so for me, obviously, you guys know this already got knocked down a lot just by Brock being involved. Um, I thought it was okay. I know, like it seemed on social media, like some people really liked it. I just, to me, Brock is just 100% uninteresting. I don't get, like, like Daniel Bryan being the scrappy underdog heel. Like, that doesn't add up to me. Like, to me, when you're the scrappy underdog, you're the baby face. And also, it just doesn't ultimately matter or mean anything. So, I don't know. I, I To me, this just did nothing for me. What would you want to say, Halo? Yeah, the crowd reaction was played a big part because... We don't really know how to feel because this was the first time we got Brian since SmackDown. Even his entrance, he stopped doing the yes chain. Like he started to and he stopped, and then he just went through the motions during an entrance. But he got booed too. But the crowd didn't really know how to react to him coming back against Brock. But they did take to it in the latter portion of the match. But I thought it was a pretty good, entertaining match for what for what it was. And I'm sure, Pash, I'm sure you'll agree with this. You know, there's there's the uncomfortable parallels of how similar it may be a, a week or two off, but the way this was booked, like last year, you expected Jinder Mahal versus Brock, which of course no one wanted to see, and then we get AJ Styles versus Brock, which obviously is a mu- much better circumstance, much better match. And it was an entertaining match. Yeah, Brock goes over. So a year later, we're supposed to get the rematch. The Less than a week prior, the match gets switched up. We get Daniel Bryan, which we some people may have been wanting to see this match for over five years now. So, cool. There's some excitement about it. You're getting a match that's never happened. But my whole thing, and Brock doesn't do jobs, but, like, when we get these matches that we're never going to see again, I don't know. Like, I just hate the fact that you know it's not going to – you know Brock's not going to do the job. It, it almost it almost defeats it to me, but I think that's also a part of my disdain towards Brock. Like, again, I actually, in, in retrospect, I enjoy, I enjoy, uh, I rewatched a week ago the Roman Brock from this past year's Mania, and I enjoy that despite Brock winning because it was one of those times like you didn't think. You didn't think Brock was going to win. You thought this was supposed to be Roman's uh, match. And on our Roman episode, I said, like, that was something that put Roman over even more for me. Like, I was genuinely pissed off, not just because I hate Brock, because, like, I really thought this was his time. Agreed. It was, like, a huge letdown. Um, Anybody have any thoughts on – any more thoughts on this match or anything else from Raw or SmackDown? I'll be honest, I didn't get to see SmackDown, so I, I really got nothing I can comment on that. 
<laughs> what do you think about Brian's promo? I thought it was good. Like, I like that he took his baby face thing and, like, kind of twisted it and made it into, like, that's still what I'm talking about, but I'm using it in a very different way. I think, like, I like the idea that, so, like, perception is, like, and, like, point of view is, like, a very a thing I'm very fascinated by. Like, two people can watch the same event happen and have two totally different opinions of it. So I like seeing him have the completely opposite opinion of, or the completely opposite view of his statement, work hard for your dreams and your dreams will work hard for you didn't kind of pan out the way we all assumed it would when he first said that. So I did think it was interesting. I don't know what it ultimately adds up to, but I thought it was at least like an interesting way to go about him explaining what he did. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, The beginning of it was a little strange to me because I wasn't sure where he was going with it. But after when he started get when he started getting to that part that you started talking about, after he said, fight for your dreams, your dreams will fight for you. Then he kind of flipped it around he started talking about the new the new Daniel Bryan and stuff like that's what I kind of got intrigued and when the fact that he went to Greg Hamilton and said uh, your new WWE champion the new Daniel Bryan or something something like that, something along those lines I did enjoy it and like, I'm actually interest, interested to see what, what happens with him and second second he's a champion he has to dress better oh my yeah. god <laughs> you, you didn't like the cardigan with the flannel shirt and then his shoes were talking. <laughs> Where well, I didn't even notice that. Were they really? Uh, they looked like it. I was like, "Oh, Brian, you are a champion." <laughs> and you're married to Brie Bella. <laughs> exactly. Like, and and your your sister in law is Nikki Bella. You should have a better shoe game than than you're coming with. Exactly. Well, I, I need when, a, when Nikki was uh, doing uh, sneaker shopping, she should have grabbed him a pair. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. A I pair need of dunks. A, yeah, I need a sneaker yeah, shop. Anything. A, I need a sneaker shop episode with Brian. <laughs> They'd be like made of like hemp or something. Yeah, he'll talk about. <laughs> all, they had hemp uh, hemp shelters. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, I thought it was good though. I thought it was interesting. Um, do you guys want me to talk about something that happened off air with me, or do you got, do you have any more like actual WWE stuff? Nothing positive. So I, I always am curious about what's going on with you. So this afternoon, of all people, <laughs> I received a, a survey from WWE. Where the WWE from the WWE, they wanted my thoughts on all different sorts of things about the company. Like, you know, how do you, how do you consume it? Are you watching it more or are you watching it less? Like how often are you watching it on TV? How often are you watching it on YouTube? How often are you watching stuff on Facebook? Do you like when the characters feel unscripted or do you like it scripted? Do you like comedy? Basically that kind of stuff. And I did my very best to reflect my thoughts that I talk about on this show every week, that I am in fact watching less, that I am in fact less interested, that I do in fact like the talent, I just don't like what they're making the talent do. Um, I also made sure to very heavily specify that I am not interested in so-called <laughs> legends being a prominent part. Uh, they, they asked the wrong guy. 
Because I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> WWE wants to hear a yes. And they did not get a yes from me. But there was also, and I was very grateful. So WWE, I have not had a lot of good things to say about you in quite some time. But I am very grateful that there was a portion of the survey where they asked me to give my current thoughts on WWE programming and left a space for me to actually write out my thoughts and not just answer their multiple choice. So if you guys are interested, I will read to you exactly what I wrote to WWE in this section. I am very interested. All right. So, well, WWE, not too long ago, I was a diehard fan. Looked forward to every Monday and eventually every Tuesday. Looked forward to NXT on Wednesday and pay-per-views, whether they were monthly or twice a month. I excitedly bought T-shirts and tickets and title belts. In 2017, I attended my first WrestleMania and believed it would be a yearly ritual for me. Then over the course of the past 18 months, I've grown tired. Tired of seeing Brock Lesnar as champion. (laughs) Tired of seeing guys from 20 years ago placed in prominent positions. Tired of the ludicrous amount of time I'm being asked to invest. Especially when I know how little effort and energy is going into the weekly programming on your end. I'm tired of my time being wasted by constant plugging of meaningless events like Super Showdown and Crown Jewel. I'm also tired of supporting a company that I feel like supports some of the worst things among us, including Donald Trump and the Saudi regime. I've had enough. I was once a part of your core audience, devouring everything you churned out. Now I'm exactly what you've bred, a casual fan that is only willing to consume your product through highlights on your YouTube channel. If you have any more questions, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> Is that your salutation for all your emails? <laughs> not, not all of them. It, it depends on, on what, uh, what the content before that would be. But in this one, I felt it very appropriate that uh, if they have any questions, they can easily contact me. Gosh, you forgot, you forgot to mention Starcade on Friday. Oh, I did, I did forget about that. <laughs> was, that was that on Friday? It's happening on Friday That they're streaming on the network It's not Saturday? Well, there's, the show's Friday They said it'll be on Friday Then there's like a, a, another sp- a one hour special On Sunday I'm not sure if it's just like a um, History and lineage of Starcade, But I know there's a show on Friday And there's an hour show on Sunday Is it Is the card released? Uh, it's, it's, it's on .com somewhere I know I know Becky was supposed to face Charlotte in a cage, but they got canceled. I'm not sure what they replaced it with. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even know that that was happening. To be to be perfectly honest, so but let's let's chalk that right up there with Super Showdown and Crown Jewel. Uh, so, do you think we'll see some changes with WWE starting on Monday? With your voice, yeah. Did you did you CC Road Dog in the email? No, but I know he just heard it. That's why I wanted to read it on the air. <laughs> um, and real quick, because he did he did write a, a, Joey did write a thing about the the Brock Bryan match, so I don't want to leave it out. Uh, this match turned out to be just what I feared it would be—a quick title change before the pay per view, just to give Brock a win and not give AJ another loss to the Beast. I will say that while the match started like most of the painful Brock matches we get these days, it did change pace. It could have been better if Brian was a face to counter Brock's heel. 
when Brian started getting offense in, the match was more enjoyable, although it did little to change the inevitable outcome of Raw's clean sweep. So anything else or you want to get into Pash's Indie Inquiry? Pash's Indie Inquiry. Do you want to introduce it, Alo, or do you want me to? Go ahead, Pash. All right, so this week, Josh Prep Igina, Preptagon Jr. gave us Rick Starks versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman. What was the uh, promotion? One premiere or something like that? Uh, give me one second. Like, I don't think it was. I think it was he knows the name of one of their titles. Yeah, it, I think it was Heel Face Wrestling. Oh, no, that inspi- is Inspire Inspire Pro Wrestling. Okay. Um. So, I'll just I'll just jump in first. First of all. MJF is really just such a good like smug heel, <laughs> like just the the faces he makes. Love the introduction. Yes, the way he interacts with the crowd, he he legitimately gets more heat than almost anyone else I've seen live in the last two years. Like he's very good at that. Even when you're just talking to him on a personal level, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that he's introduced as a two year veteran. Something <laughs> about that is really funny. Uh, the way he was selling, getting hit with the toilet paper, great, before the match. Um, Ricky Starks is ridiculous in the best way. Yes. Um, I loved the turnbuckle off at the beginning of the match. The small package rolling killed me when they just kept rolling around in the ring, each having each other in the small package. Um, I did think this match was, like, longer than it needed to be. Now, maybe there's some backstory there that I'm not aware of. I know they mentioned MJF having tapped him out before, so maybe that was kind of like a blood feud that I just wasn't aware of. Uh, but aside from how long it was, I just thought that they they really did a good job of paying attention to small details. Like MJF's face when he had him in that submission when he had his two arms and his one leg and he started reaching his other leg to the rope. The face MJF made directly at the camera was incredible. Um, I loved uh, Starks using the tape that had unraveled around his wrist to get the other hook in, like grabbing it with his teeth and pulling his arm up that had been injured earlier in the match. And of course, MJF getting like the sneaky heel win was great. So the match itself... I thought was pretty good But the performance by MJF was excellent I think both guys are very talented I think it would have been, would have been better If it was more like 15 or 16 minutes But I did enjoy it And I'm always happy to see our good friend MJF who hates our logo <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he doesn't respond to emails Yeah But, <laughs> but yeah I, This match is more for the antics for, To me Uh I, like Eric said, I love the fact that he makes the ring announcer say he, he he wants you to shut up. Yeah, I like that. I'm very upset that he didn't have the uh, they didn't show his entrance that he see if his blazer was wrinkled or not. Me too. But like you said, it's all about I mean, this match is more about the antics instead of the um, the actual what was actually going on in the ring with the moves. And uh, I love that Ricky Starks gave him a rear end, legit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was fun And I even like the way how MJF stole a victory But I did enjoy the match Eck, did you get a chance to watch it? I did um, I thought the match was good overall I definitely agree It 
it felt too long, but it, to, to what you said, there may be something behind the scenes I didn't know about. Right. Um, I, I love the, the suicide dive that took out everyone and MJF's manager. That was probably my favorite spot of the match. That was awesome. I, I forgot to put that in my notes, but that was a great spot. My only other complaint, and I'm not trying to be harsh because it is an indie, I thought early <laughs> on they were switching the camera too much. Like yeah. I almost was getting dizzy. I agree with that. And uh, also, so commentary, my original note about commentary was like, these guys are terrible, and they really won me over by the end of the match. Oh, I'm glad you brought up commentary because the guy commentating, he sounded like um, Brian Windhorse. <laughs> who I hate, by the way. I hate Brian Windhorse too. <laughs> so we are we are definitely in unison with that. I am not a fan of Brian Windhorse at all. <laughs> but no, they they won me over by the end of it. I I just thought the one guy, his voice would get so high pitched, and he was so over the top that like I just couldn't help but be amused by it. Um, so prep, thank you for giving us another another fun match to watch. Did he let anyone know what it is for next week yet, or are we just going to have to... I have it. Okay, so what do we have for next week? Well, well next week is very intriguing because... Okay. I, I hope that's what I think it is. Because we have Nick Gage okay. versus a former world's heavyweight yes. champion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you let him in your house? I didn't do it, bro. Was this the match that just happened? Yes, I believe uh, so. I was hoping that it wasn't that one. I think it was. He didn't. He didn't send me the uh, the event, but he did. But me and him did talk about it once we saw he slit his throat or something like that. Yeah, that's and that's why I was hoping it wasn't that one. <laughs> I didn't want anything that was going to make me squeamish. Prep even said, like, one of these days I'm going to get you when I find the right one, and I guess he oh. has officially found the right one. Well, Because I hate I hate a match like that, and I hate David Arquette. Well, the reason being really? he picked it. Yeah, I wish he would have got killed in screen. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't literally mean I wish he got killed. Just, just to be to be clear. You know, you know, at Starcast when I got tattooed, he got tattooed right before me. Did he really? Yeah. Was he wearing the uh, the world's heavyweight championship? No, but he got a Ric Flair tattoo. Okay, <laughs> so close enough. It's as close <laughs> as he should have ever gotten to it. Um, do we have any? Well, li- oh, go ahead, X. Sorry. I, I'm just gonna say I, I know Prep picked that because that match actually did get a lot of positive praise. Did it really? I know it got yeah. a lot of buzz, but I didn't know if it was positive. Yeah, it did. Okay. It, it did. Um, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we have a question from Matt Corton. Corton. Okay. Fellow former T H fellow former T J R. He says, I have a listener since day one ish and loving your work. Well thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah, he wanted to hop on his bandwagon <laughs> of listener questions really quick. Okay, so I fell into the trap of really looking forward to Monday Night Raw. Sure, it was a bad show. They usually are friendly, which is why I stopped writing. I ran out of positive things to say, and I didn't have the will to be negative all the time or forced to be positive where I stopped seeing them. My main right thought is this. 
it's not constructive anymore. Well, constructive enough. I can't help but think if enough people put out enough specific quality ideas, they can't help but to rub off on someone. So with that in mind, without changing the people involved in the matches, what two booking decisions slash outcomes of a match or storyline would you have changed within the past month? Wait, one more thing. Mm-hmm. This is page two. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is a writer. Yes. <laughs> First, Strowman should never have been turned heel. And he should and he should have won the title from Lesnar in a huge buildup with him as a face. The authority against a loose cannon chant, it writes itself. Except we wasted weeks on a, on a pointless heel turn just for them to change their minds. Now they'll do it anyway. Far too late. Second is the B team. Sure, they started as a comedy team. Why did they have to stay that way? They could have used the title run to transform the characters in front of our eyes, turning from comedy locked into plucky scrappers desperate to hold on to what they've got. Eventually, they're winning through grit and hard work rather than luck. And you see the change happen. Then you have legitimacy and not just a short-term caricature of a team. So I do agree with both of those, and obviously they could have been well-told stories. The, the Braun one, I, honestly, I, I agree with most because that was like a huge story that lasted for over a year, and then they just kind of let it die. Um, so the one thing I think, the first thing that jumps to mind is I would have not had Daniel Bryan beat AJ Styles for the championship and only so I could have had AJ Styles beat Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series because there is no reason to keep Brock being like the beast unbeatable there's no reason for it he's not there long term he's not even a draw like I don't care what anyone says that guy is not a draw I've never heard one person who doesn't watch every week say, oh, did you see what Brock Lesnar did? Nobody cares about this guy anymore. So that would be like the main thing. And I don't know if this counts. This might be cheating. Uh, But it is within the last month. I would have never had Becky Lynch engage with Nia Jax on Raw (laughs) two weeks ago because then we would have gotten Ronda and Becky. So those would be my two (laughs) that I would go with. What about you guys? I know we don't want to acknowledge these uh, international shows, but mine would have been uh, Brock Lesnar winning the universal title. That It didn't need to happen. Um, it, Braun should have the title, and the title should be getting defended at tables, ladders, and chairs. Um, the second thing would be I'm going to go with – the, the title change with Daniel Bryan. I, I you know what? I let me hold on. Let me not do that because I want to do something different. Um, not uh, not getting the U.S. title on our truth by now. <laughs> They're dragging their feet. <laughs> the main booking decision you'd have had a title on our truth. Man after my own heart. <laughs> the main decision. The first decision I would be is to. Not have Brock around. Anything involved with Brock, I just want gone. And the second one, that's kind of rough because I don't really disagree with much within the past month or so. Uh, yeah, I don't really. For me, it's hard because I haven't cared enough about any of it to be like upset about it. <laughs> yeah, because at a certain point, it's been like it is what it is. Like tag teams have been crap since January. And 
like you said, I haven't really helped the care. And the only thing, I, the only thing I, I I care about is Brock not being there. Or maybe this is another one. I would have had Truth beat Nakamura in one of those matches that they had. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess goes right into what X said Because he said he would have had the US championship on him And he would have won it So we are eye to eye on that Uh, Thank you for the question Matt Appreciate it and appreciate you listening Um, And it sounds like his reasonings For not writing about it anymore It sounds like he was telling my story Of why I stopped too Yes (laughs) Alright and we got another question We got a question from Don from the Lord our Lord No relation Mm Mm-hmm. If you could have your own best in the world tournament, who would you book for it? All companies included. I I wouldn't. I would never do it. (laughs) (laughs) His were Kenny Omega, Pentagon, AJ Styles, Jay Lethal, Okada, Brian Naito, and Johnny Mundo. Okay. Eck, who do you got? Um, Andrade. Mm Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, Kenny Omega for Canada, Jericho for Canada. I guess you can have two people from the same spot. <laughs> as so, soon as you said Omega for Canada, I was like, "Whoa, you just eliminated a lot of guys." <laughs> if you're Omega, trying to have one representative, Omega, Omega Jericho. <laughs> um, put Rusev in there. What about Jinder? Yeah, you're getting that out of me. <laughs> um, you got a better chance of me getting that Brazilian no-name guy from NXT. <laughs> um, Willie Mack, Sammy Callahan, and Shane McMahon. <laughs> I love that you put him in there at the end. Save the best for last. <laughs> yeah. Well, the true best in the world, obviously. All right. So uh, I'm going to go Kenny, Cody. Um, I'll go Rollins, Cesaro, AJ, and one more. Um, hmm. Oh, Nick Aldis. Very good one And uh, I do want to make clear Low down I promise you I'm not disrespecting your question I just feel like That's the best answer You could get from me To to go right into my shtick Because as soon as I knew That was the question I knew that's what I was going to say What else we got? uh, We have a question from Kevin Fenty The international ambassador of Madman Okay What are your thoughts on Enzo Appearing at Survivor Series? Does it seem to you guys as a desperation move on his part? It definitely did for me. His attempt to stay relevant. And your opinions on Becky Lynch's savage but hilarious Twitter game with Ronda and Jerrica. So, thoughts on Enzo. Like, I hate the guy, and you guys know that. But I hate WWE more now. So I'm happy to see him troll them. And also happy that he pretty much got made a fool of anyway. Uh, but I, I completely agree with Kevin that the whole thing was just a desperate grasp for attention that maybe worked a little bit in that people talked about him, but I don't think it's going to get him any type of like f- 
following or viewership on anything he does. Because guess what, Enzo? You went to the wrong place if you were trying to get any kind of real attention. Because everybody who's watching that pay-per-view, everybody who's following like wrestling Twitter and Instagram accounts that saw you, they already knew who you were anyway, and they already decided they didn't want anything else to do with you. So really it was a waste of your time. You got arrested for nothing. Before Eric talks, Eric, uh, he sent me the, the picture of Enzo with the wig kind of like peeking under somebody's yeah. shoulder. And uh, you guys know I broke my Apple Watch a couple yes. of, uh, like a few days ago. So Eric was like <laughs> my bestie my bestie waiting in, in line for the Apple Watch at Target on Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. I was oh. uh, in a roll. I dropped my mail when I saw that. I hollered when I saw that. <laughs> I'll give Enzo that too because that that was a very funny picture. <laughs> it was, and, and, and he's endorsing it. I mean, I think right before we started recording, he he launched that he's putting a new shirt out with it, and he's endorsing. Like, there's all these memes of him like being a fifth member with the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did love the uh, "I'm doing great" shirt. <laughs> it was a parody of the uh, "How you doing?" shirt, yeah. which is I'm doing great. Well, <laughs> Ron, I just forwarded this to you, and I, I don't know. It, it's pretty annoying, but he's at a gym right now with Mickey Gall, and he's wearing his "I'm doing great" shirt. Oh God. Mickey Gall. I've seen enough of Mickey Gall in my life. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I definitely have mixed feelings of it. When it actually happened, there's rare times where stuff like this actually annoys me. But kind of like the the question states, I you know I do see it as like a, a desperate attempt. I thought it was very dumb. I thought if anything, maybe he should have waited to a better time. Like no offense <laughs> to the bar and AOP, but like, why did you choose to cra- like, if you were going to like that match, wasn't really going anywhere. Why are you like, it's early it was or, literally or in the, the card. Like you should have did that during Brock and Brock and Brian, or you should have did that on the five on five men's match. He, he did it at the wrong time. Um, I was annoyed by it. I was like, this is so pathetic. And then you see the video of him getting, you know, yanked up by the security guard. I'm like, oh, that's just comical. It's comical. And then I even think the next day when they're showing that he does a concert that night and he does like wrestling moves on stage, I'm just in my head. I'm like, man, this, this guy is just so pathetic. But then there's there's weird little things about it that I guess I kind of admire. Like he's <laughs> he's getting so he's getting clowned left and right all over the Internet. And he's just he's embracing all of it. it he doesn't regret going there. I mean, he was made out to be a fool. And he seems to just put it right on his back. And he's like, you know, that's his cape. Hey, I was a fool on Sunday, but it's fine. The only cares about Uh, is that there is some level of attention that came from it. He's happy that 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 part of it worked, that people are showing his face and talking about him. Uh, Did you answer it? One, I'm a little disappointed. Nobody laughed when I said that tag match was the the literal pee break. Nobody (laughs) nobody reacted. (laughs) It went over my head. (laughs) But but like like you always say, like, so basically Enzo paid thousands of dollars or close to it 
He gave them money. My favorite, my favorite was because he was in like the second row or he was in one of the first five rows because he was, he was sitting in one of the uh, commemorative folding chairs. <laughs> so he put on his story that WWE owes him a chair. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it killed me. <laughs> All right. So thank you for the question, Kevin. Hash. Yes. Before we say anything else, mm-hmm. just a reminder to mm-hmm. all the listeners, November 27th, Arte Mania 3. What date? November 27th. I believe that's the day I get the Ronnie versus the World shirts, too. So, banner day in the Matt Madness family. <laughs> Dropping bombs. Do we know how many tracks are on it yet? You gotta wait till the twenty seventh. So nobody knows. He's he's keeping this really tight lipped. He, he may have told me, but I don't know if I could give out that info. Okay, the listeners, they you know after we're off the air, you know maybe. All right. <laughs> well, yes, Kevin. Thank you for the question. As always, Halo. Do we have anything else? Yeah, we got a question from uh, the Godfather Joe Lafferty. I enjoyed Survivor Series. Charlotte and Ronda was fantastic, and Daniel Bryan to. Daniel Bryan proved to be an interesting opponent for Brock. But then in true Vince fashion, Raw is stupid, which in turn caused me to not watch SmackDown. <laughs> I truly just may watch only the network specials. Over the next several months, it's safe to assume that Lesnar is gone, so do you guys see Bryan, AJ, and Miz trading the title back and forth, or do you believe that this is a new version of Bryan who will hold on to the title for a little bit? And, and again, I'm asking about the main narrative moving forward. I honestly have like no grasp on what they're doing to be able to say, I I don't believe he's going to hold on to it for a while. I don't believe that they have the attention span to play something out for a long time. So I'll be surprised if he still has it by the next, well, not the next pay-per-view, but I'll, I'll be shocked if he still has it going into 2019, which is only a little over a month. Well, I think, I think for the next month and a half to two months, that'll be that will be the narrative between AJ, Bryant, and Miz. I think that'll be interesting. And to see Bryant inter- the new version of Bryant interact with Miz, I th- I'm looking forward to seeing. That. Here, they're going to be friends now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because the Miz Miz might be like Daniel, Daniel. Like it's like Daniel coming to the dark side now. Yeah. Because Brian always got on Miz for cheating and take, mm-hmm. taking the easy way out. Now Brian's doing it, so I'm interested to see that. He's basically once again he's been Daniel's mentor. Yes. <laughs> Eck, what do you think? Is this the main narrative? Yeah, I didn't really watch SmackDown, so I really don't know how to comment on it. I mean, I honestly, it may it may not even require comment because I don't even know if they know. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh, I don't know And if I c- come up with something creative And cool in a good direction Where it could go It won't So <laughs> um, Is that everything for listener questions? Nope Okay I have more. more Okay Alright Now The return of the variation of Push Fireberry Oh okay So this week it's Champ Go the hell home Champ go the hell home or stuck on a cruise ship full of wrestling fans. <laughs> Excellent work done by Laugh with that. <laughs> so the nominees are Enzo holding a TV, Enzo holding a TV again. <laughs> okay. Shane wearing a best in the world shirt. Okay. 
or watching Pure Country at the SmackDown. Oh, God. <laughs> this may be the toughest one he's given me in a while. Okay, so Champ, go the hell home and being stuck on a cruise ship with wrestling fans. And the choices were Enzo on my TV again, Shane in a Best in the World shirt. Was that what it was? Yes. And watching Pure Country after Raw goes off the air, after SmackDown goes off SmackDown the air. SmackDown goes off the air, yeah. Oh, man, there's like no, there's no good, I don't even have a good spin. It's like easy for Champ. Actually, I do have one for Champ. Because I know it would annoy WWE even more than it would annoy me. I'll go oh, with no. Eric Arndt as champ. <laughs> um, Eric Arndt on my TV will be champ in this scenario. Uh, wow. Go the hell home will be. Go that the hell home. Shane, by the way. Go the hell home will be Shane in the best in the world shirt. And stuck on a cruise ship with wrestling fans. (laughs) The only thing that would be worse than that would be me having to do anything regarding country music. So, (laughs) Champ Eric Arndt back on my TV. Shane McMahon in a Best in the World shirt. Go the hell home. And Pure Country after SmackDown is stuck on a cruise ship with wrestling fans. Thank you for that laugh. Uh, are you ready for Stump Halo? I have another question. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. That's fine. This is from Pratt. He says, with the rumors of all elite wrestling, terrible name, by the way, <laughs> looming, what's your preference on what the elite end up doing? Um, so can I go first? You can. Um, best case scenario, I say... 2019, they should map it out for four main shows, four shows similar to an all-in, maybe only even three. They book it around the six guys they have and sign random people to do it the way they did all-in, use the New Japans, the Ring of Honor, other people throughout the indie circuits, and maybe, you know, and what they can do in between is they continue storylines from what they're doing on being the elite and they can, you know, that, that'll be pretty much what they use to build it up. If they intertwine it with the NWA at all, that's maybe a way that they can have some titles into it. But, um, you know, there's some other spin that they can go through there, but I think they should do four big shows four all ends, maybe even only three. Uh, I mean, I still think all ends probably the show of the year for 2018. So I think that's the best way to follow it. I think it's good. So I have two answers. One is kind of like actually a realistic answer. And the other one is just kind of me being a smart ass, I guess. So tell, read the question again for me, Alo, so I know exactly how to answer. All right. Elite Wrestling is looming. What's your preference on what the elite end up doing? Okay, so I guess my smart ass answer is... My preference for what they end up doing is within three years launching a flagship show that airs on TV on Monday nights that dethrones Monday nights. <laughs> um, but my realistic answer, I hope they team up with Mark Cuban. Yeah, that, that was my shape answer. Or form. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was my answer because it's not going to be su- 
it's not going to be really successful unless it looks the part. And you need someone that's a billionaire to actually invest invest in that so we can actually look the part and have the, pr- the proper production and, and promotion to actually succeed. Because like when, when I was in South Carolina, uh, I, my cousin and I stopped over and um, I had turned Ring of Honor on and he was like, what is this, high school wrestling? <laughs> because it just it just looks like how WCW looked in the 90s. Was it you a know? bingo hall or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, so everybody, so all everybody knows is WWE, and it's good. It, it'll be good if just just a casual fan just t- t- tune in to see something different and actually looks the part similar to what WWE looks like with the all the bells and whistles and things. Right, and like it has the legitimacy of like, oh, this is a real show. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that would be great, and I think it can only help the industry. But yes, I hope both of those things happen. I hope that they work with Mark Cuban, and I hope that they dethrone Raw as the king of Monday nights in wrestling. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll get a new Monday Night War, and it'll turn out differently than the last one. <laughs> and you know what? In this one, I will not be on Team WWE. <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if billionaire Ted won a second shot at the wrestling business? If billionaire Ted was involved, I'd have to be on Vince's team, I think. Okay. <laughs> I, I just think that 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 loyalty runs too deep against billionaire Ted, so I couldn't. Now, now what if what if Jericho won the elite and Jr. hired Eric Bischoff? Oh, good. So two things on this. One, I could I could overlook it. It would be hard, but I could overlook it because I love Jericho way more than I hate Eric Bischoff. Um. But that leads to a question that was supposed to be asked last week, but we forgot. I do believe you're going to know the answer in hindsight. But in the year 2002, Eric Bischoff made his WWE debut. I don't have the full question here for some reason, but I believe the question was uh, when Vince McMahon entered, what song, what music did he come out to? What, enter what, the I arena? guess when Vince McMahon came out to introduce that there was going to be a new GM, what music did he enter the ring to? Uh, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. Okay. So the the wording was Vince McMahon came out to, twice in this episode. When he introduced Eric Bischoff, he, there was no music played at all. When he came out earlier in the episode of Raw, what entrance theme did Vince McMahon come out to? Oh, the NWO. <laughs> yeah, see, so the only way we would, the only way he would have gotten it wrong is is if we just had my butchered version of the questions. Yes. Yeah, because I could have sworn, I could, I could have came out to no music or the theme he actually did have. Um, and yeah, but Vince, Vince came out to talk about the how the NWO was done. Yeah, so I let Spider- let you hear it one last time. Yeah. Um, so, are you ready for Stump Alo? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, the question is... He's warmed up, too. <laughs> the 2013 TLC included a shitty fatal four-way elimination match for the tag titles. Please name the combatants. 2013? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was clearly the Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, Usos? 
Mm, no. 2013. Mm-hmm. How many guesses does he get? Mm. Could they drop eight. him? Eight. Got right. eight, 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 I think is good. They dropped him to the Outlaws at the Rumble that year. Or, or No Way Out, one of them pay-per-views that year. It's the Rose. You said the Usos weren't in it. We're not in it, no. You said it was at TLC? It was at TLC Fatal 4-Way Elimination Tag Team Match for the WWE Tag Team Championships. 2013. <laughs> I'll be impressed. Uh, Rounds and Reigns weren't in it, right? They were not. Okay. Primetime players? No. <laughs> Gosh. So you got five guesses left to get three teams. Hmm. Two of these I may have been able to guess. One of them I wouldn't have. 2013. Big Show Rey Mysterio? Yes, that's the one I wouldn't have gotten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my um, goodness. Was that the one you thought he was going to have trouble with? Did you see my with? phone? <laughs> I did not. Oh I, I, I just know that was a thing. I just can't remember what year. Oh. <laughs> Holy crap. So you got four guesses to get two. Oh, wow. You're sick. Los Matadores? <laughs> huh? Los Matadores? No. So you got to get two out of three. Gosh. Tag teams. What's, you said no Usos. Mm-hmm. No Rollins and nothing Rain. like that. Huh. And as I guess a slight hint, they were actual tag teams. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Huge hit. <laughs> I, I, I think I got the odd team out the way. You, you, you did. did. Okay. Uh, I saw because of that team you were you were stumped. <laughs> Twenty thirteen. Uh. No, they were done at that point. That, they were done already. Really? Oh, who you were gonna say was done already? Yeah. Was he down to three? Yeah, I got yeah. Yeah, three guesses left. He's got to get two teams. Yeah, I'm trying. 2013. When he gets down to one guess, I got a hit, but we got to save it. Okay, fair enough. He's going to end up saying one, and then he's going to blur out the right two answers. Because I said those Maradores already, and you, you said no. Was not. Yep, they weren't in it. Okay. And they were tag teams. Mm hmm. And fun little side note our truth had a victory on this card. Our <laughs> <laughs> truth with say, Xavier don't say Woods. Over don't, all right, yeah, I was yeah, say, I won't don't say, say over it was over. over. Uh, 
2013. A, a terrible year for tag teams. <laughs> the Shield ran through a ball. He's got to think of two teams the Shield would have ran through. Yeah. I think he, he may have got me. I, 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 might, I might just rattle off a couple teams here. Uh, Mark Henry and Biggie. So you no. got two guesses left. Okay. 2013. Gosh. <laughs> I, just, I just named the three tag teams that they really were. When, when, when you said to yourself a couple minutes ago they, they were done by then, were you thinking of Biggie and Mark Henry? No, I was thinking about Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger, but they were done already. Yeah, this is a blur. I've named the tag team tag team. <laughs> so you're giving up? Neither team ever won tag belts. They contended for them. Half of each team is no longer with the company. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm a tap. All right. So you got Cody and Goldust. You got Big Show and Mysterio. You missed the Real Americans, Antonio ah! Cesaro and Jack Swagger, and you missed Rye Baxel. Do they count? <laughs> I guess they do. <laughs> so that, he, sounds, that sounds horrible. It, yeah, <laughs> he he described it very accurately. Uh, so, laugh. Congratulations, you got one. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy holidays. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. If you are listening to this when it is released, it will officially be Thanksgiving. Um, Joel Embiid. Uh, trust the process with us Whenever it is at your earliest convenience LeBron, whenever you make it out to the East Coast The throne will always be waiting uh, Listen to our old Throwback and unsanctioned shows Subscribe on iTunes Five star ratings and reviews Alo, you might as well Move some merch Maybe Black Friday will get a couple sales <laughs> Yes, what, what a maneuver What a maneuver.net to embrace the madness The Black Friday sale is here Cuffing season's upon us <laughs> After you drink all the wine And all their adult beverages Just slot over to whatamaneuver.net To grab your madness gear <laughs> Exactly uh, So that is the show I hope you enjoyed it for Act 2 Fly, Eric Trambicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we'll see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.